Hey guys, welcome back to the Noble Broker Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Lickstein. On the Noble Broker Podcast, we welcome real estate producers and professionals because we are more than pretty people who sell pretty homes. We are people with passions, people with priorities, and life's outside of what you see online. Today, I'd like to welcome a producer and a professional, my friend, Doris Armstrong. Uh, welcome, Doris. And welcome. <laughs> uh, Doris is the managing broker and founder of Location Real Estate in Georgia. And she has had the pleasure of growing a team very, very quickly that I believe a lot of new brokers and growing brokers that are trying to hit that next level really get a lot out of. So Doris, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of your experiences that you've encountered while building a, a, a roster or a family of, of agents in the Atlanta market. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> well, let's, let's start about, you know, we don't get we don't get to where we are without knowing where we came from. So sure. let's talk a little bit about how long you've been in real estate, how you got to this point, and, and why you started taking on this mission of growing a brokerage in the Atlanta metro area. Okay, uh, so I've been in real estate as an agent for 27 years, um, but got relocated to a different state. Uh, the question then became, do I, go back and start over as an agent because you are starting over. Just like many of my agents that come in from other states, they are moving around the country. They're coming here. They don't know anybody. They don't have any sphere. They don't know the business, the local intricacies. So I had to make a decision. The decision was that we are missing a location up here in Georgia. So the next step with the natural uh, evolution was just to you know go in there and, and try to build a, a location office in atlanta um just like we have in south florida because the market's great there's wonderful people here so awesome. yeah so in your experience kind of growing through the industry 27 years is a long time i mean you see a lot of agents that leave the industry within just a couple of years but you've had longevity which is is pretty difficult to find in this industry in this profession so as we go through, what, what, what is your background experience? Residential, commercial, how did you hit the pavement and grow the knowledge set that you have today? So my career morphed into different um, areas several times. And I think that's something that I'm trying to um, teach my agents today. You have to change with the times. You have to adapt. You can't just stick in, sit in your box and keep doing what you've been doing. The market changes. Um, I went through the crash in 2009. <laughs> that was uh, quite a ride. So from there, you, you have to readjust. I was working with investors at one point. They all pulled back a little bit when, when everything went uh, down on the market. So from there, at some point, I started working in residential. And residential expanded, and there ended up being commercial, multifamily. So it just... You have to grow with your business and your, your opportunities. You know, sometimes you have a, a client that's in a particular area. So let's say you have a residential client, but they're also relocating their business. Well, talk to them, learn about it and step in there. You know, awesome. I, never be afraid to learn. Awesome. That's, that's definitely a valuable lesson to take away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having lived through that 2008, 2009 market bubble burst, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's impressive to see the longevity where so many people left the industry during that time and you're able to persevere and get through that. So 
a lot of what we're experiencing right now in the current marketplace, while it's not 2008 or yeah. 2009 situation, it's, uh, it's certainly a changing market. So you've lived through that. You know that there's ups and there's downs and yeah. pushing through real estate will stay strong and in the end come out better than it was when you went in. Right. Um, so how do you keep your agents motivated when we're in a changing market where we are right now? We talk about the changes. So one of the things we do is, is, is our uh, coffee talk where we get together in a weekly Zoom and we share experiences and we talk about the issues and the troubles and the, we talk about the numbers, that what's, what's going on. So now we're, uh, for the first time, we have seen a month over month reduction in the average home price. Interesting. So at the same time, we're seeing inventory go up. That's a turning point. So when we see those turning points, we discuss them. Like, this is what you need to do. You need to negotiate differently and you need to be prepared. The other thing I always uh, tell my agents, don't spend the whole check. Be, be mindful, keep some of your check. You know, it's, it's too tempting um, to just spend the money that you're making, but you need to plan for just like in any business, you need to plan for a downturn. So that's where you put some money aside in the good days. So when it is a downturn or a little bit slower, you can sustain and you can make it through. That's a truly invested broker right there. You know, keeping those weekly conversations together, not hiding the elephant in the room and keeping those numbers and the actuality of, of our marketplace in front and, and not really hiding that, but talking about what are your struggles? What are my struggles? How can we get through this together? Mm -hmm. And uh, the ultimate, which so many agents and independent business owners leave to the side, which is the financial literacy part of things mm -hmm. and preparing for a downturn, pre pre preparing for a revenue reduction and staying comfortable and confident in a business where you wake up every day unemployed looking for your next check. Yeah, uh, that's it's a challenging piece and something brokers can take a lot away from. So but, but I view that as an opportunity. So every change in the market is an opportunity for all those agents that you mentioned that aren't gonna be able to make it through. If you're prepared and you have the funds to start marketing when the market is changing and you adapt your marketing to that changed market, that's your shoe in. That's your opportunity to grow exponentially. I love that. Um, you went through a different experience. I mean, in real estate, they talk about your network is your net worth, right? So your network completely was eliminated when you went, you moved from Florida to Georgia yeah. and a completely new area, completely new demographic, completely new marketplace. But as an educated real estate professional, the principles remain the same. Correct. You just have to start building your network again. Correct. So how, what's the best piece of advice you would give to somebody moving from one marketplace to another and trying to start from scratch when they may have been successful in their last marketplace? Okay, so we actually have a couple agents with that scenario. So one of the things is you need to get engaged on a local level, right? But be true to yourself. If you're a cat lover and you, you're moving from one state to another, I'm pretty sure there's cat lovers in every state. Find that organization. Be part of that or go to a shelter or get yourself out there, get yourself engaged with something that you care about and the rest will come. That's your network. You just have to start from scratch and you have to start purposefully. It doesn't just happen. I agree. So much like the theme of your coffee talks and, uh, and addressing the current market, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? We're in a different market. You've experienced 08 and 09. Mm -hmm. Is this similar to what we saw in 08, 09? Is this different? Where do you see us going? I don't think this, uh, this is not even close to what we saw before. Um, I feel this is just a much needed correction that was, was 
is coming and it's necessary. Um, it's just some healthy adjustment that we see. This is like any, you know, this is no different than the financial world. There's ups and downs and we need adjustments at the moment. And I think it's fine. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of buyers out there still. We still have a competitive market. So there's, there's nothing, I don't see a problem at the moment. I, I appreciate that optimism and I, I would share that. Um, it's, it's always interesting hearing from different people that are engaged in different marketplaces. I am not super familiar with the Atlanta market. And it's nice to hear that coming from an area with really high density in South Florida, where we're kind of insulated from big market shifts, but out here it, it might be affected a little bit more. So love to hear that optimism. Uh, what are you excited about in the marketplace? Is there development? Is there inventory creation? What do you see as a, an opportunity for local agents? So there is a tremendous opportunity here. Atlanta is, is a huge hub. So with COVID and, and all the shifting that's been happening in the country, people moving, Atlanta is just exploding. There's no, there's, there's not really a slowdown um, per se. There's employers coming here, here bringing high-end paying jobs. Same as uh, South Carolina has a couple of areas, um, Greenville, for example, where you got employers coming in, high-end paying jobs. Guess what? <laughs> they need housing. So. Yeah, and they're mo they're moving and migrating those kind of hubs into areas that have tremendous tax benefits mm -hmm. and relocation benefits for employees as yeah. this work from home phase has has become so popular uh, you see them moving into markets like this like yeah. atlanta greenville um, in certain rural areas in south florida we're seeing that as well okay. uh, if you can even call anything in south florida rural anymore <laughs> uh, yeah. But as you as you come up here, it's interesting to see that I was speaking with somebody last night in, in, in Atlanta, just a little bit outside downtown uh, around the perimeter and talking about how unaffordable it is for them to continue to stay where they are. And everything supply and demand has completely shifted themselves out of living where they are. And we hear that every day in South Florida, but I didn't expect it here. Um, he's renting a one bedroom, one bedroom apartment for twenty two hundred dollars and struggles and Ubers outside of his full-time job just to make ends meet. Uh, you know, something's got to give. Is there, are there any initiatives that are being done in the municipalities or the government that kind of create that workforce or affordable housing for people to stay close to where they work? There is affordable housing projects being done, but I don't know that they're necessarily sufficient. Right. Um, it's just- It's never enough. It's not, it, yeah, exactly. It's just never enough. The other thing that people are doing, they're moving further out, right? So you have people actually, in, in some parts of Georgia, people are moving across state lines into Alabama because Alabama is still affordable. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, you have that scenario where, you know, rents are through the roof. So you can still go buy a home over in Alabama for $250,000, $300,000 and, you know, with an affordable payment. But um, it's, it's it's not enough. There There is a few, um, uh, the Georgia Dream is, is definitely here to help with, with um, home buyers and down payment assistance, but it's not enough. What a lot of brokers and listeners can take away from this call is the growth that you've been able to find. Uh, in your first year of operating and starting from zero effectively, well, a brokerage of one with you being the one, yep. um, how have you found what was important for you to keep in mind uh, that our listeners can take away from, right? what is important for you to keep in mind when starting from zero and getting to how many did you what how big did your team get in the first year we went up to 100 in the first year and we're just a little bit past that um approaching the two years so we're at 160 agents uh just for georgia and we have also in the meantime opened up um, alabama and south carolina so 
those are growing as well. One of the big things is that the growth at, at the beginning, it's hard. And then the growth starts kind of multiplying um, by means, by way of agents bringing on their friends. Once they realize what's going on over here and how else you could do business, it's a no brainer. So what you've experienced a lot is uh, a lot of people are sticking with you. And that's something I feel is unique to your personality and the mentality of a broker and having people come into something that may not be fully established yet as far as the local presence, but coming in and following you as a leader and giving them the confidence that they can build your business by following and working with you. Mm -hmm. What is one of the key pieces that you've had that keep the agents around with that faith rather than this company isn't doing it for me, I'm gonna jump jump because the, the grass is greener over there. Right. How do you keep and them around? Grass is greener is always a factor everywhere. But um, I think one of the key factors that's different here is we, we have developed a, a team spirit. So I'm not the only one teaching and coaching other agents. There is agents coaching agents. And that's part of the collaboration that we, we've been able to establish in the coffee talk. So as an agent, you have relationships now it's not just a relationship with the one broker you have a relationship with your team of fellow agents that are part of your office and that's huge i mean agents always it's such an individualized business that you can work remote independently operating your business and feel alone at times yes. or you feel that the broker is the only person that you can go to but in reality everybody's going through the same struggle there's there's enough business out there that they're not in direct competition with each other, even in the same marketplace, uh, that you can build that culture of collaboration where agents help agents, broker helps agents, and it's together we are better. And you have Absolutely. this camaraderie that an agent doesn't feel so alone, even if they are still going at it alone. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, when, you can, when you can find that and keep it consistent, that is an incredible thing to see. Yeah, I think, and I think that's one of our strengths. Um, and that's part of that is because of some fabulous agents that we have that are helping and supporting and you know, taking on younger agents and mentoring them and you know, for, for just the collaboration purpose. Let me help someone. And you know, I, that's something I used to do back in my day not as an official mentor, but just helping other agents. And I see some of my agents doing this. So maybe there's something in there that I'm just passing along, but I uh, love seeing it. It just, it, it gives a lot of strength as a group. No, it's, I, I completely agree. So marketing and presentation is a big deal in real estate, right? Yes. How an agent presents themselves or portrays themselves to consumers on the outside is, is a big deal. And it's, it's a hard cookie to crack, right? Uh, it's a hard code to crack or a cookie to crumble. We'll split that up. Uh, but how, how have you found that you're able to guide an agent or what's important for an agent to think about when they are establishing their brand? We'll do this at the agent level first. How is an agent, how should an agent focus on their presentation to the consumer? Be authentic. I, can't, I know this word has been used so many times, but it's, it means everything. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. If you are the business person, that's how you need to go reach the public because the public can read, they can see it, who you are. So if you are the cyclist and you are the, the motorcycle rider agent and that's your sphere, that's the people you spend time with on the weekend, be authentic, be that agent, own it. Just own it and have fun with it. 
And I think that that automatically starts growing your business. Now, are you referring to the riding realtor? That's one of them. There's others. So <laughs> There's others. We we'll, have cat lovers. <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into that one as a great example. So the riding realtor is one of your agents and she's branded herself as an avid motorcycle enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And her significant other is, is also the same. So they've embraced that personal hobby and that personal interest. Yeah. And she relocated to a completely new marketplace. So very, very appropriate for our conversation here. Uh, she went from South Florida to Alabama yeah. and in the middle of nothing she ever knew. <laughs> and yeah. establishing that brand or that interest and sharing that in your marketing and your branding has allowed consumers to resonate with her and relate over a common interest when they are now more comfortable to speak with her as opposed to somebody else who's just showing face as a professional in the marketplace. Correct. You know, include your personal interest is what you can get out of that. But at the broker level, let's talk about that. I think the biggest takeaways here are going to be from the broker side and how to build a brand for yourself when you are your you are the only part of the brand at that point um, coming in. How do you establish yourself as a credible person in the marketplace when you're leading a team of one and trying to build something bigger? Good question. Good question. Well, one of the things you know that I just preached: you need to be authentic. I was doing that. Um, I feel that there's a lot of brokers out there that give you a spiel when they try to recruit agents. And then you sign on with them and the grass is not as green as portrayed. So I try to not do that. So on, on my front, I'm gonna, I'm doing exactly what, as I preach, I'm being authentic. What you get, what I tell you is what you get and that's there. So I think that helps a lot with, with credibility. Again, people know when you're being real and, and that helps a lot uh, just for agents to see through that and to know, yes, I can call her and yes, I'm going to get the support I need. Yes, there's marketing materials. Everything that I tell the agents that we offer, we offer. So there's none of that, well, that let down, you know, after you change firms and, and it's not there. Yeah. Oh, uh, brokers tend to overpromise and underdeliver. I mean, Absolutely. that's that's the name of the game. That's how they tease them in. And then you're only... You're only tarnishing relationships when you do that. And the agent in the end is resentful. Uh, they don't trust you. They don't have that faith to continue following right. you that they can be successful in their business. Right. And it ends up being counterproductive. So I, I always agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it's under promise and wow your customer. Yep. And in this case, your customer is the 100%. agent. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, continuing forward, uh, moving on, where do you see yourself going as the brokerage in, in Atlanta and the region? Where do, where's your goal? What is your goal? What do you want to see happen for yourself and, and the team of agents you're leading? So one of the questions that bothers me a little bit when my agents come to me, what's, what do I tell if a, if a seller says, I've never heard of your firm? It's my goal to fix that problem. I want everybody to know our name. And, and establish location as a whole that you know we won't ever have to answer <laughs> who is location not that we have a problem i think we are, we are a wonderful company um, with phenomenal marketing and training and everything but it's just that the footprint with the amount with the size of the office of the firm here needs to continue to grow and expand so that we we become a household name. So your goal is to be a household name in the local marketplace where you don't have to answer that question anymore. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I share that goal and I think uh, it just takes time to get there. 
you know, you have to have enough market share where consumers are seeing your signs. And that's a progression with any company that's starting off and growing. Um, unless you are a national brand, you're not going to have that. And the national brands, while I'm not, I'm not putting that down or saying that it's negative, is uh, in the end, the consumer works with the person for the person. And it's on you as an agent to demonstrate your value. Uh, of what you bring to the table that's unique and sometimes it's a name and some consumers will be blinded and take that but at the same time it, that relationship will be short-lived if that's the reason that they went with them right um, it's the agent and that relationship they build that keeps them coming back for more absolutely uh, so what is something that you would give to a new agent starting off the best piece of advice you can give to a new agent starting off and building a career Learn your real estate technology. Learn all the free tools that are available to you, the classes that are offered by NAR, the classes that are offered by your local board. Learn, learn, learn. Because there's so much out there that you can do with the technology. You can't just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. So be proactive and learn the technologies. So good takeaway is don't overpromise and underdeliver. Correct. Underpromise. <laughs> over deliver and join the culture of collaboration that can be in the real estate industry. And that's noble. Appreciate you being with us today, Doris. Thank you. My pleasure.